0: Welcome to In The Secret, and this is Joni Scott. Today is March 25th. So the latest news on the virus has been a bit of a mixed bag. Cases do seem to be expanding, and yet it sounds like the need for equipment is being met. And meanwhile, it looks like a government stimulus package is going to be going out, and that's making the markets rebound. And then here, in my own little neck of the woods, coronavirus has shown up. It's right down the street from me in the hospital. It's kind of interesting because my fear of it, so to speak, um, being realized, has actually brought me calm. It's kind of like, you know, you hear something in your backyard and you go out there in the dark, like, what is that? And all of a sudden a raccoon pops up and it's like, oh, it's just you. (laughs) And that's where I'm at. I'm like, okay, you little mini spiky ball. There you are. You're no match for my God. There's an old story about the great faith preacher, Smith Wigglesworth. Legend has it, he woke up and saw Satan himself beside his bed. Oh, it's only you, Smith said, and then he turned and fell back asleep. The next verse that we're talking about speaks specifically to fear. Keep in mind, all of Psalm 91 hangs on the very first verse he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty first be sure you've opened your heart and home to jesus and are living daily in his presence all right let's read our next verse verse five thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flies by day did you know the bible says do not be afraid or form of that phrase 365 times. You can search online and find a list of all 365 verses, one for every day of the year. I guess God knew us humans would find something to be afraid of every day. He does compare us to sheep after all, who have been known to literally die from fear. But I also realize that He longs for us to live a life free of fear Fear keeps us from the victories he's already prepared for us. Would David have slain a giant if he let fear keep him in the shadows? Would Abraham have left his family and set out into a hostile world if fear held him back? Would the apostles share the gospel that we have today if fear choked out their resolve? I have a little terrier, and she is not too fond of fireworks. And won't you know it? I have neighbors who absolutely adore fireworks. And every 4th of July, they set off the crackling, smoking fireworks. <sighs> and I come home, and I have to find my little pooch under some bed, shivering and shaking. I hold her, and I whisper, it's okay, it's okay, Sadie. And finally she's stilled by my presence, and eventually she drifts off, but man, I hate to see her unable to be her usual happy self. And I know those fireworks are just noise. That is a great picture, I think, of how God sometimes sees us. He knows what we're afraid of is just noise, and He wants us to move, and He wants us to live despite that noise. He knows that victories await us. I worked with troubled youth for about six years. And there were times those traumatized souls were unable to control their anger. I mean, we're talking chairs flying, windows breaking. I was punched, I was kicked, and my hair pulled. When I saw that look in those kids' eyes and I knew a tantrum was coming, yeah, my fear rose too. But over the years, I was trained how to ignore that fear, stand up, talk very calmly, and not allow my physical body to show fear. I would just relax it, talk in a relaxing tone. Didn't always mean, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't get punched, but um, but it did calm me and it did calm them. I heard a message once that said, our souls tremble, but our spirit marches on. And so we say to that fear in us, you sit down. Spirit, body, come on, we are moving on. <laughs> I'll talk more about overcoming fear in upcoming verses. I do want to take a look at the second part of this where it says, nor for the arrows that fly by day. Because arrows are scary things. Arrows can come from anywhere at any time. And sometimes we don't see those arrows in time to get our, our bucklers, right? Our small shields up. One arrow that we have to keep trying to dodge, especially in these days, is the arrow of grief. Yeah, we've experienced losses. There are many kinds of losses. I was sent to our church to tape up a sign saying we were closed and would be holding services online. As I walked through those empty halls and sat in that darkened sanctuary, I felt lonely. God and I had a good cry together. I do trust that good, even great things are gonna come from this. But in the moment, it hurt. And it's okay to hurt when an arrow strikes. I had a counselor friend who said, denial of grief leads to all sorts of psychosis. Pretending we aren't hurt. You know, saying, it's only a flesh wound? That keeps us from putting the anesthetic on it. and keeps, uh, we want to put the anesthetic on it to keep it from becoming infected, right? I encourage you to read 1 Samuel 20. It's the story of David, when he realizes his time living the good life in the castle with his best friend, Prince Jonathan, has come to an end. The scene I want to tell you about is when David is hiding, waiting for the signal from Jonathan to tell him it's safe to come back or his fears have been realized and it's time to run. And the signal his arrows. Jonathan says, if he must flee, Then Jonathan is gonna shoot the arrows beyond David's hideout and call to to his young helper, the arrows are beyond you. And so Jonathan shows up, he has a young helper with him and David from behind his hiding place watches the arrows whiz overhead and hears Jonathan tell his helper, they're beyond you. And the sad realization of loss hits him. That arrow of loss hits him. Jonathan dismisses the lad, and the two friends are able to meet up for an emotional farewell. Let me read you a portion here. As soon as the lad was gone, David arose out of a place towards the south and fell on his face to the ground and bowed himself three times. They kissed one another and wept with one another until David exceeded. David exceeded because this loss was much more his loss than Jonathan's. David was now facing the unknown and he'd be facing it alone without his family, without his comrade Jonathan. He wept because he was not yet in the place where he could see the future. He wasn't ready to stand in the confidence of God's eternal power and grace. They see there's different steps to grief. One of them knows denial, anger, acceptance. Acceptance would come as David moved on, but on this day, his emotions were ping-ponging, denial and anger. So it was right to cry. It was okay. He doesn't want to pretend. It doesn't hurt. And I know that right now, we're grieving immense events that we missed. We're grieving a sense of safety that we had before this pandemic. We grieve time that we've missed out with friends, seeing grandkids, we're grieving jobs that we've lost and the list goes on. But then somewhere, we must pull ourselves away from the reverie and move into the present. There is a new stepping stone and it's a new view and we're alive. We have food and a refrigerator. Our church is still meeting online. My dog is still sleeping on the couch. And new things await us, just like they awaited David. He's still going to be king one day. It's just that first he has to travel through these shadow lands and allow that hurt to be anesthetized by dwelling in the secret place. My daughter shared an article yesterday by Scott Baranato about grief. I thought it was apropos since I knew my plan for today's podcast. The author added another stage of grief. He said meaning. We can get past grief as we find meaning in it. And I think there's been a lot of meaning these days. I see parents learning and exploring new things for their kids. People are enjoying the outdoors together. Our church never had an online presence before this virus drove us into new territories. I've started a podcast. That's something I've always wanted to do. And maybe you have to create your own meaning, because none currently exists in your grief. And I also know you might not be ready. And that's okay, too. It's okay to stay hidden under the mighty, safe, and comforting wings of the Father. Wipe your nose on those feathers. Have a good cry. One day, the sunlight is going to peek through and they'll be like, yeah, I'm ready to move again. For now, hide in that secret place. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.